What is up, guys? We've got the third book club here for you today. Um, we are today we're talking about chapter two, just the first part of chapter two from Devin Olson's Tactical Fly Fishing, and chapter two is all about gear and rigging. Um, and the first part of the chapter spends a lot of time talking about different leaders for Euronymphing, for dry dropper fishing, for suspend suspension indicating or indicator fishing. Uh, and just kind of that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of pictures in here, and I'm not going to describe specific formulas and stuff. I don't want to waste your time with that. You can find most of that stuff online, images. Plus, I have a video with my Euronymphing setup, uh, which is somewhat similar to some of the, the setups here in the book. But some of the key takeaways that I had um, were doing the tags. And so when you fish... Uh, European nymphing style when you fish with following Phipps Moosh rules, which I do for competitions and what's talked about a lot in this book. Um, one of the big things that I've taken away is adding your tag to your, so you have, cause you can't have your flies in line. So you have to add a tag. So you're, you have a tag and then you have, you have your regular line to your point fly and then you have a tag up higher about 20 inches. And you can accomplish that by doing a triple surgeon's loop, which is great, and it leaves you with a tag. You want to always kind of use the tag that's pointing towards your point fly. That way you have a less likelihood of breaking it. But the biggest thing that I've learned is adding tippet once that tag becomes too little. I often, and I used to do this, especially when I began a lot, the tag would get super small, and I didn't want to have to cut it and retime my surgeon's loop. Um, my surgeon's not and to make a new tag. So I would just try to tie on the smallest of tag possible. And it was just so frustrating, especially now as things get colder, your fingers get cold and it makes it tough, but you can do one of two things. In here, he talks about a uni knot, which you can tie above that knot and then slide it down. Also, I've seen George Daniel, he uses just a clinch knot and that's how would I do. I tie a clinch knot above my knot where my original tag was. Uh, when it gets too short, I cut it, tie a clinch knot with about six inches of tippet above that, and then slide that down to the knot and secure it. And the other cool thing kind of he talks about in here is fly spacing. And um, this is interesting because, you know, I tend to fish my flies pretty spread out, about 20 inches or more. And that's because um, that's what I'm allowed to use in competition. So I like to practice how I play. And that's what I use when I'm just fishing for fun. Um, but I, I have seen a lot of people fish their flies a lot closer. My brother is one of them and, and he still fishes very well with flies close together. Um, but the biggest thing I think with spreading out your flies is, um, the farther they're spread out and to a point, you don't want to go too far, but with that 20 inch spread, you are more likely to catch two fish at the same time. I will say that that does not happen very much. I've only ever done it once in my fishing career. Um, other people have done it more, but I've only ever done it once. Um, and also with raking, when you get into shallow situations, and I can do this as well, don't get lazy with your your two-fly rig. Chop a fly off, fish one fly in those shallow runs. There's still trout holding there. Uh, I've caught a lot of nice trout in some really shallow water, and it's, it's pretty amazing where you find them, uh, especially when you are like me and you're looking to catch every fish in the river. Um, and then also, you know, placement of your heavier fly. And this is actually something that I've played with a lot this season. Uh, and it's something that I'm definitely still undetermined on. It's whether you, you place your, your heaviest fly on the point or on the tag. 
And so when I first started Euro nymphing, I did like most people and I put my heaviest fly on point so that my heaviest fly was down here and my other fly was kind of suspended about 20 inches or so above that fly. Although this season specifically starting in the spring, I started fishing my heavy fly on my tag. And then my reasoning for that was is I wanted both my flies to be as close to the bottom as possible. Um, and something that's talked about here in the book is there is a benefit for not having both your flies on the bottom. And that's in situations like deep holes where you might have suspended fish, kind of having that fly that's in a different water level than the other one could be beneficial. Um, so I might add to my repertoire. I might play with switching that up. I might not be one or the other. I might in a deeper hole, put my heaviest fly on the bottom. Uh, and then my lighter one on the tag, uh, I'm still undetermined on that. It's going to take some practice, some tweaking and some experimentation out on the water, but definitely some, some cool stuff there. Uh, I do really like having both my flies on the bottom, especially in shallower water. Uh, I think the only problem comes is when, uh, you're trying to get into a tight pocket and having both those heavy flies kind of mixes currents kind of getting some different currents and maybe have a little extra drag which is never ideal so uh, and then he's he goes into some alternative rigging methods some different types of ciders like coil curly q ciders and um, stuff like that i i personally have never experimented with that i don't think it's necessary um, it's definitely a tool to have if you want it but um, for the most part I, um, when you figure out your urinifying system your leader um, I don't think it's really necessary. So, um, the other thing in here is he has modular Euronymphing leaders, and that's so you can switch between with one leader, Euronymphing, fishing a single dry with a dropper on that same leader, and then fishing a dry and a double nymph dropper on that leader. And that's just kind of an all-encompassing leader that he has in here. Um, I think this is a leader I'm going to tie up and try myself just because of, it's pretty versatile and it's it's really not too different from the leader that I'm fishing right now. So I may or may not try it, but, but we'll see. I'm, I, I do think I'm going to do some experimenting with my leader and specifically because of what he talks about next is uh, this micro thin Euro nymphing leader and the benefits that he talks about of the micro nymphing Euro leader and the benefits that I've seen with it because I have fished kind of something similar to this before is you can fish much farther away from you without having without having sag in your leader and i personally fish a pretty heavy leader i think my cider is 10 pound high vis suffix um so that's pretty heavy and i do get a bit of sag and most of my hook sets are not because i feel fish they're because i see my cider move which is okay but um he talks about how with this micro thin leader, he can feel a lot of the, the a lot of the takes. He can feel them kind of at the same time as he sees them. Um, and that's something that's a bit attractive to me and something that I, I wonder if that'll up my game at all. But it, it's going to take some time to get used to. When I did fish um, that other leader that was kind of micro, it's more micro than the one I use. I had a hard time casting it. And he points that out that it's really hard to cast this uh, micro thin Euro leader. Uh, 
so just a little cat practice, casting practice could help giving it time. I don't know if I ever gave enough time, enough reps with that leader to see how it would work for me, but give it time, realize it's not going to like anything. It takes practice, uh, and, and do that. And he's also got in here, um, his Spanish style presentation drive fly leader, which is something that I really want to try out. I haven't tried it yet. I personally struggle fishing dry flies. I've been getting better, but I want to incorporate this leader into my game. And then he also has his suspension slash strike indicator leader, which is what I've been using to do some dry dropper fishing. It's been very windy in Colorado and Montana, um, where I just came from when I was fishing. And this suspension strike indicator leader is perfect for fishing dry dropper. Uh, and I really love it. And I've had good success with it. So we'll get into the second half of chapter two next week. Uh, I just wanted to break down some of the leaders and stuff, some of the stuff that I took away. Please, I'm going to leave the description again to this book. If you haven't got it, you want to get it. It's definitely worth your time. Take a look at these leaders. You can search them online. And uh, yeah, so I hope you guys all enjoy. I hope you all learn something. Um, I've definitely been learning a lot just reading this book. And I've even read chapters of this or sections of this book before. It's you know, back when I was looking for a dry dropper leader, I came here and I, I went to the strike indicator slash suspension leader section, uh, found this leader and found how I could modify it for what I need on the water. So really insightful book. I'm definitely learning a lot. Hope you guys are too. Tight lines out there on the water. Be safe. We'll see you next time.